Welcome back to you, Judy. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Like starting your Friday off on a little bit of a bummer. But as we slept, if you will, a lot of you might be waking up to the news that Meatloaf, singer, guitarist, let's not forget actor, uh, who, yeah. who, who, doesn't, who doesn't remember the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, passed away at the age of 74 last night. And all morning we'll be playing some, some Meatloaf songs and remembering uh, uh, what a unique which might be an understatement of biblical proportions. Uh, artist he was, um, sold over a hundred million albums worldwide. One of the one of the biggest yep. selling acts. And you know, there's a lot of times, Judy, that uh, somebody will be big in the United States, and like you, once you get outside the borders, nobody's ever heard of him. Meatloaf was an international rock star. I am devastated. I loved Meatloaf. I mean, loved me. I've been to very few concerts in my life. Meatloaf was one of them, yeah. <laughs> which I think people kind of used to make fun of me a little bit, but I have always loved him. He was such a great entertainer. Entertainer is a good way I mean, to put it. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, at his concerts, he was like, it was, it was such a show, yeah. right? He was so great on stage. Yeah, I'm really, really sad about this. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll be remembering them all morning long and, uh, and some of the amazing music uh, that, that Meatloaf left behind again, passing away at the age of 74. Do you listen to... But, uh, uh, wait, by uh, the way, Bruce, I do know every word to Paradise. If okay, you just well, we'll, do do, we'll triple dog dare you to sing all that, all right? <laughs> that, uh, um, you know, when you... A lot of people, when they're driving, uh, if you're not listening to WLS, first off, shame on you. Secondly, maybe you're listening to music, right? And uh, I have found this, especially when... I'm driving long distances, and maybe I'm getting a little sleepy. I have like a playlist to try to keep me awake. Do you know what I mean? But that playlist will also tend to make me drive faster. Hmm. Certain songs? Certain songs make me drive faster. And, of course, there are scientists out there who have nothing better to do with their time than figure out what are the most dangerous Dangerous songs to listen to while you are driving. These are ones that maybe distract you the most. Can you think of a distracting song or what is your go-to driving song? 312-591-8900. According to science! On the list right now? Bon Jovi? I I think I know why with this one. I think if I'm... I think it's because it's such a good sing-along song, and it involves yelling. Is it a good sing-along song? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta scream it. Take your eyes off the road. Listen into uh, "Live It on a Prayer." Either that, or you're you're thinking of your own mortality while you're driving this, uh, driving and listening to this, and you just launch yourself I- off. I think you're bopping around in your car. You're hitting the steering wheel. It's one of those kind of songs, right? Where you're almost Could dancing be. in your seat. There you go. All right. Here's one that I don't know. According to science, dangerous songs to listen to. I would, I'm would. i surprised that anything by Coldplay made the list. Unless the concern is huh. that it's just going to make you nod off. And yellow by Coldplay. Why a yellow? Unless you're just like... Given like this dreamy state, I haven't the foggiest idea why yellow would make that. I happen to like the song. Listen, I will admit to liking Coldplay. 
I'm one of the few people that do it. <laughs> yeah, this puts me in the zone. Probably not good. Yeah. Is it a good song to be to be driving to? I, again, if you are driving and you're concerned about being dangerous, hey John, what what what, what do you what makes you drive quicker? Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've been a long time metalhead and <sighs> Judas Priest painkiller. It's probably it's a, it's a super aggressive song. It makes you drive faster every time. So. Aggressive songs do make you drive faster, don't they? Like yeah. you, you start bobbing your head a little bit, and you're like, "Screw that guy! I'm passing him. <laughs> I'm moving on." All right. Yeah. Okay. So, a little Judas Priest for you. Fair enough. The other end of the Judas Priest spectrum. I'm not saying it's the complete opposite of it, but. If I were to tell you that Take On Me, could you pot that down, please? Take On Me by AHA. Are you kidding me? Hmm. Why would Take On Me? Yeah, I could see that. Another bit of a sing-along song. Okay. Um, Again, another head uh, head bopper. All right. Is Radar Love on that list? You would think think it it is. You would think it is? Golden earring. But let me get down to the, the number one song, according to scientists, that is the most dangerous song for driving. Yeah. I'm thinking, specifically, it's when you shake it like a Polaroid picture. I'm thinking huh. that shaking like a Polaroid picture involves taking your hand off the wheel, <laughs> and you are... The, yeah. well, I, I can't think of any other reason that yeah. Outcast's Hey Ya would be on that. Right? Go back to 2003. It is the number one, quote, most dangerous song to listen to while driving. Right? Ghost Riders in the Sky isn't on there? You again? That's more my speed. That is, well, fair enough, <laughs> Nick. We, we aren't quite out there yet, right? But you, you know, know if, Adele, if Adele's on, I am just belting it out and not paying attention to the road at all. Yeah, it can be distracting, right? I mean, certain or, songs. Or meatloaf. There you go. What about, so here's something, and, and again, the same people, they've just run out of things to study, let's be honest at this point, when they're down <laughs> to things like this, where okay. scientists tried to figure out, is there certain music you should listen to at certain times of the day? Do you know what I mean? Like, like is there morning music, midday music, afternoon, nighttime music? And they say, oh, yes, there is. So, the argument is, behind them, like, you're getting up right now. You should be listening to something with a heavy bass groove. Hip-hop, heavy metal, something like that. That's the get-your-blood-pumping music, right? I mean, that's the way I hear that. Yeah, it's like our caller said. He gets very aggressive when he listens to heavy metal. You get up I in get the morning, it. right? Let's get, let's get started with that, if mm-hmm. you will. So then we scroll into noontime, all right? We're getting around there. This is where jazz music apparently takes. So this has been my problem, apparently. My my afternoons and lunchtimes have been ruined because I don't listen to, what's that called again? Jazz music. We even had Bradford Marsalis on yesterday, a fantastic artist, who I acknowledge I don't spend a lot of time listening to jazz music. So, yeah, they're saying jazz music. Makes the meal taste better. How's that? <laughs> hey, John. So you're driving along. You're speeding. You're minding your own business, might I point out. You're doing the speed limit, which I define as 
I'm going as fast as I can go. I've reached my speed limit. And the cop pulls you over. What did What did you tell the cop, John? I hadn't heard it in a long time. Wooly Bully came on the radio. Okay. Started singing and not paying attention to the speed limit or anything. I got out of that ticket. He let me go. You got out of a ticket by telling the cop you were listening to Wooly Bully. Yep. Wow. I'm going to write that one down, John. I'm going to let you know if that works for me next time. All right? Because, uh, yeah, I've never gotten, what is it, gotten out of a ticket. How fast were you going? Don't lie. Don't lie, John. Don't lie. Uh, highway speed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Highway speed. Highway <laughs> speed. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Wooly Bully uh, not only makes you drive fast, but it will get you out of a ticket, apparently, if you tell. Uh, does that, I mean, come on. The cop walks up, license, reg, do you know how fast you're going? I actually don't because I was listening to Wooly Bully really loud. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, cool. You're You're good to go. Does that work? You can't make that stuff up on the spot. I mean, the cop had to let him go. Come on. I've always heard this, and, and this comes from my cop friends. When you lie to the cop on the side of the road, he knows you're lying. And that they tend to be a little more maybe lenient or understanding if you tell them the truth. Example. Do you know how fast you were going? I have no idea how fast I was going. That to a cop means, so you weren't paying attention. That's what they hear. As opposed to, might have been clipping along, officer. <laughs> I might have been. Yeah. I was listening to Wooly Bully, and it kind of yeah, got away from exactly. me. You know? I mean, all the all the power in this minivan. I uh, barely am used to that, so uh, keep that in mind. Uh, tell you what. Uh, you know, thinking about driving, thinking about that right now, what's the best car you've ever owned? All right, the best car. Uh, U.S. News and World Report came out with what is their best cars for the money. But best car for the money and best car you ever own may not be the same thing. 312-591-8900. We'll dig into that next on 890 WLS. And I know a lot of people waking up this morning uh, to news of the passing of Meatloaf. And, uh, you know, I think there's something to be said, Judy, for when important parts of your childhood or a, a certain time in your life and how a song can really define that when we start losing those artists, it can really, really impact people. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Meatloaf was so huge for me during college, and I have loved him ever since. So it's a very, very sad day for me. Yeah, 74 years old, uh, Meatloaf has, has, has passed away uh, late last night. Uh, the release said, surrounded by friends, family, and uh, um, we certainly are thinking about about all of them today and, and a lot of people who have a favorite Meatloaf song, who the, uh, one of those songs means something special to them. Uh, I who sincerely doesn't hope... have a favorite Meatloaf song? Well, who I, doesn't I, have a favorite? I think about... Uh, I, I, if I would do anything for love, but I won't do that, was your wedding song. By the way, shout out to you. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm just saying, I, I know that the, the songs do mean things for different people. Well, uh, Bruce, mine was Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. There you go. <laughs> what would Liz, uh, <laughs> for my wedding. Like Liz Taylor just played that on a loop uh, for every single one. Like, eh, no, no, we're just going to keep getting married until we figure this thing out. So, uh it's been difficult to buy a new car. We know that, right? I mean, even getting a car is difficult these days. We heard uh, earlier this week, we heard from people about how folks are keeping cars longer and longer. Uh, they're having to put money maybe into cars they normally wouldn't because well, what are your options? So what are the best 
cars out there, the best cars for the money. Um, I would tell you, looking at the list, there isn't one of them that I would want to drive. I say that hmm. politely and nicely because best maybe value for the money is not how I, <laughs> I, I, I call my best car. Best cars for me are loud and fast. Those are best. Interesting. I feel like I have my best car right now. And what? what how do you define that as best? I, it's I. I have a Honda Pilot that I absolutely love. It has one hundred and fifty thousand miles on it. It is still going strong. I feel like I'm going to have this car for quite a few more years. You're going to be in I the just, commercial I, when you hit a million miles. They're going to be like, "Here's Judy I, with her I, Honda Pilot." I'm trying. I just, I love the way it rides. I love everything about it. I think it's a great car. And I, this is how I judge it as well. So many people say to me, if you ever sell that car, I'll buy it. Like, everyone loves my Honda Pilot. Well, you know, these days, too, is is kind of like we heard with houses. If you are going to sell a car, now's the time to do it. It may never be worth more. It's at the height of its value. Uh, you, you could make money on a Honda Pilot. Yeah, even with 150,000 miles, I think. I mean, there are certain cars, right, that 150,000 miles mean nothing for a Honda or Toyota. Um, but I, And I, I'm a little bit surprised by this list, um, only because I've never owned one of these cars. But, I mean, a lot of Hondas and a lot of Toyotas, so I get that. And Hyundais? Hyundai. And Hyundai. Hyundai like Sunday. Uh, that's the number one car, right? Yeah, well, in, in a variety of different categories. Hyundais are at the top of the list. Kia, there's a Kia's in there? And again, I, I, I get for the value for the money. And maybe with the gas being four bucks or higher, uh, these are going to be people giggling all the way to the bank because a lot of them are certainly a lot more fuel efficient than anything I drive. Uh, I, I have a truck where as the speedometer goes up, you can watch the gas gauge go mm-hmm. down almost in, in in exactly the same proportion. It's amazing. I'm like, how is that possible? I've never been able to actually watch the gas gauge go down. Really? Drive this thing, and that will do it for you. Yeah, that that's the only problem with the Honda Pilot, because it is kind of a truck, um, is it the gas mileage. And I mean, for a lot of people, that's a big deal, right? Especially well, today. Yeah, it, it kind of comes and goes in... Um, um, what do you call it in cycles when the price of gas goes down and i don't know you know what's the number 250 a gallon people like that's it i'm getting an suv i'm uh, i'm getting a, a a land yacht you know and then gas goes to four or five bucks a gallon and they're like oh, i'm getting a moped i'm going the other direction oh my goodness uh but these are all uh, again the hyundai's Hyundai. I say it wrong every time. Hyundai like Sunday. I well, I had a friend. He had a Hyundai dealership, and he was like, "Hyundai like Sunday. Hyundai like Sunday." I'm like, "All right, I try to remember that." Uh, the Kias, the Toyotas, and the Hondas. There is something to be said about uh, all Asian cars, Japanese, Korean. I mean, would it kill them to get a Ford or a Chevy on there? I guess it would. Yeah, right. There's not. There's not one on the on the list. Yeah, and Nissan t- too. Don't forget. Yeah. yeah, U.S. News, uh, their 2022 best cars for the money. I do think it's kind of funny they come out with that only from the standpoint of what cars are you buying? I mean, I still drive by. You guys must see this, too. I drive by the new car dealerships. Empty. 
Well, if they yep. have cars, it used to be like the cars are six inches apart, right? They got this whole lot right. full of them. Now they like park them diagonally across the parking spots. Yep. They've they've socially distanced all their cars <laughs> apart, you know, plenty of room between them. They're like, trying to make it look like we have more cars. We took eight cars and tried to fill up an entire 75 car <laughs> parking lot with it, you know, and go, look at how our cars are all nicely spaced like this. It's because they just don't have any. You can take your test drive in the parking lot now. You could do donuts That's in the parking lot. Absolutely. Yeah. No one's going to stop right? you. Oh, my goodness. There's nowhere to go with it. It's absolutely insane when it comes out like that. Yola, you have a best car. By the way, thank you for calling, Yola. We love you. And oh, thank you for joining. Back, Judy Pie. Hi, Bruce. Thank you. Yola, what is the best car you've ever had? Oh, my goodness. I love this thing. A Range Rover baby blue truck. And I'm 5'1", like 110 pounds. I would love the double takes on the highway. You know, I just need a step ladder to get up. I was going to say, how do you even get into that thing, for goodness sakes? I only like no no dresses with that thing. I loved it. And it's so safe because everyone gets out of your way. Yeah, well, it's also safer <laughs> that uh, when you're driving that much steel around, for goodness sakes, uh, uh, we got it. So, yeah, Yolo's got her got her big uh, big truck out there that she can drive around, and, and there is something to be said for that. I always thought, you know, when, when my friends would get their kids, like their first car, I'm like, why are you getting them a small car? You need to get, they need to get like Chevy Suburbans. Mm. You know, you need to get them like a 25 year old, something that was built like a tank. Because let's be honest, we all probably dented up or crashed our first car, you know? So let's just have a lot of metal around us when it happens. Yeah, it always amazed me when, when people, 16 year olds got their first car and it was brand new. <laughs> My kids all got a car. They were all banged up and used already. Yeah. I think I dented mine backing out of the garage the very first time. I'm like, okay, yeah, so that's course. where you put the gar- That's where they put the, the mailbox. I really should have <laughs> thought about that a little bit more. Hey, there's still time for our criminal of the day. And I got to give a shout out to the unknown Canadian man who will not be accused of wearing skinny jeans anytime soon. Allegedly, the man entered a music store in Richmond Hill, just outside of Toronto. And began eyeing the merchandise, specifically a Gibson Custom Shop 60th Anniversary 59 Les Paul Standard Electric Guitar. Valued, by the way, at approximately $8,000. Security cameras caught the man playing the instrument for a while before deciding to steal it by stuffing the full-size guitar down his pants. Canadian police described the thief as a white male in his 20s wearing, quote, extremely large baggy pants, which seems a bit of an understatement considering you can fit a guitar in them. If you have information about a Canadian musician who just showed up for band practice with a new guitar, or maybe you've seen a Canadian walking around with a guitar stuffed in his pants, you're encouraged to call the <laughs> Canadian Popo with information. So for finding one of the few reasons to even wear baggy pants these days, people are not doing that. We're not wearing baggy pants. You, Canadian Jimmy Page, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are or how much they're limping while they walk a guitar in your pants who are these people <laughs> so president biden, or are you just happy to see me there you go president biden had a press conference the other day and kind of had to walk back clarify some remarks he made on ukraine and russian troops we're still getting a definition of that and i mean i just think it's one of those things where 
You may want to be paying attention to what's going on halfway around the world because, again, it may impact all of us whether you like it or not. We're digging into that, and ABC News' Karen Travers is going to join us next on 890 WLS. So uh, during uh, President Biden's press conference the other day, um, he made he was asked questions about this Ukraine, Russia's massing troops at the border. I've been absolutely clear with President Putin. He has no misunderstanding. If any, any assembled Russian units move across the Ukrainian border, that is an invasion. Okay, uh, which kind of perked a lot of people's ears up because we've talked in the past about, at least the United States has, defending Ukraine against some sort of an invasion. Biden went on to say. Let there be no doubt at all that if Putin makes this choice, Russia will pay a heavy price. ABC News' Karen Travers is joining us right now from the White House. And, uh, and, and Karen, first off, good morning to you. Thank you for joining good us. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Biden had to kind of walk some of those yeah. comments back a little. Why is that specifically? Yeah, there was a lot of cleanup yesterday at the White House. It started with Jen Psaki in the morning. Yeah, cleanup, clarifying, you know, kind of depends on your perspective there. But Jen Psaki started it in the morning, uh, going on Fox for an interview. And then later we heard from the president. And he was reading for prepared remarks there. But the reason behind that is because he certainly implied pretty strongly in Wednesday's press conference that a minor incursion, as he put it, would be met with less than forceful response from the U.S. and its allies. And there was a lot of pushback that perhaps he was giving a green light for Vladimir Putin to do a small invasion. Right. Or, you know, and so there's just questions of, like, what would the response be? The Ukrainian uh, president tweeted yesterday, there are no minor incursions in small nations. Like, they weren't <laughs> happy about this. They were alarmed and very concerned. So you saw the president go out and say there is no doubt, let there be no doubt, if Vladimir Putin does invade Ukraine in any way, Russia will pay a heavy price. He said that if any of those military units move across the border, that's an invasion. And then that would be met with severe and a coordinated economic response with the U.S. and NATO allies. Yeah, I guess if we you make the argument, if, if Canada just uh, wandered into Wisconsin one day, it's only a minor incursion. No, you know, anytime yeah. a, another nation moves across your border, that that is an issue in and of itself. Do we have some yeah. sort of um, obligation to help defend Ukraine against the Russians? It's not an obligation so much as an interest in uh, curtailing, curbing Russian aggression. And we've also just made a commitment to the Ukrainians over the last decade or so that we would do that with NATO allies. NATO has an interest, of course, in limiting Russia's spread and aggression. And I think the other thing that just to go back to what the president had said the other day when he was talking about minor incursion, White House officials were very quick to say, well, you know, what he meant was not a small military invasion, but that Russia has a lot of other items in their playbook, cyber attacks, mm. military tactics, that that's what he was referring to. And that certainly if there was a cyber attack, the response from the United States and its allies would be different as opposed to a military invasion across the border. That's just not how he said it on Wednesday. So yesterday, a lot of efforts to say this is what we have been talking to allies about. This is what the president has made clear to Vladimir Putin. And this is what he meant to say on Wednesday. Karen, thank you so much for your time. That's ABC News' Karen Travers at the White House. Uh, as uh, Again, we're, we're almost in a, uh, a war of words in the sense of we're not even sure what the words mean anymore anymore although i can acknowledge a minor incursion if you're a nation and another nation shows up with tanks and soldiers 
Is there such a thing? It's like being almost dead. You know, like what is what does a minor incursion mean if someone invades your country? Yeah, I mean, I, it's what Karen said at the end there. That's what I thought, too. I don't think he meant, oh, if it's a small invasion, you know, we'll, we'll discuss it. It was if it's anything else, like she said, cyber war, if they, you know, there were, like she said, other ways to do an invasion without, you know, troops on the ground rushing in. So I think it was just a war of words, people just wanting him to be uber clear, which she then had to come back and do. I think Biden is in a tough spot. And by the way, he, he wanted the job, so it's his problem, not mine. That I don't get a sense that the American people have a appetite in any way, shape, or form for any sort of military action in, in Ukraine. You know, we, we just left uh, um, Afghanistan after 20 years. I, and and pe- all the things that people wanted us out of Afghanistan. I can't imagine that, that we want to get involved in something like this. Oh, uh, absolutely not. I mean, I I don't even think people understand truly what is going on there. No, no, most people are hearing about the Ukraine, but they're yeah. I mean, I don't know that I know all of the the facts and you know everything of going on there. It's because it's been going on for quite a while, right? I it mean, has it's about borders, and, disputed and, and it territory, like dispute. Right? It's like it's like uh, it's just their problem. It has nothing to do with us. That's I think where a lot of people are. You know, but the, and, but the United States know, has historically traditionally come to the defense of democracies that are um uh, you know put upon by especially the communists or the or, mm-hmm. or the or the or the russians in the past i mean the i think the bigger issue is and again only because i pay attention to this because i find this stuff fascinating um when putin took the crimea uh Cri- the, which was part right. of ukraine we all kind of stood around and go you better not do that again you know i mean uh we uh, the, the international community waved a finger at putin he went that wasn't so bad okay well let's see we'll do it again and and it appears that there's large portions of ukraine that he continues to have his eye on it's almost as if he wants to put the old ussr back together again let's yeah. get the band back together oh but i'm gonna do it by force i'm gonna do it by he, listen as of this second there are one, roughly 100,000 Russian troops, wow. tanks, material, etc., amassed along the border, uh, Ukraine's eastern border, which borders with Russia. I, I, you know, I, I, I think I made the point. They're not there because they think Ukraine's going to invade Russia. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, they're, they're not there in a defensive capacity. The Ukraine has no offensive ability. And, I mean, how much of this is about NATO, right? Russia's trying yeah. to push push nato into you know not accepting ukraine and i mean there's all there's that whole angle on it but that gets into kind of what nick said where in the past you know you might remember the soviet union and then it had all these countries kind of surrounding it they were the buffer countries you know they were the, they were the the stands and all those ones right. that you know they they were uh, uh if the West ever wanted to go. They'd have to go through them first type thing. And it almost seems like along, I tend to agree with you, Nick, that, that Putin wants to have a, a buffer of countries mm-hmm. around Russia and he's willing to take them by force. At what point do you say no? No, you well, can't just sit around. I think and wait. he, yeah. He takes a step in there and, and there will be, you know, there will be a price to pay. Obviously, Question I is, think the president made that clear. Who who else will join with us though? Right. I mean this this is the thing. And, this can't and Biden be us alone again. 
Right. He didn't kind of he didn't specifically say we're gonna make him pay if he does this. Yeah. It kind of left it open ended. So is it gonna be, hey Israel, can you sneak in there and do a an a airstrike cy- for or us? cyber attack? Yeah. 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 You know. No. Uh, listen, I have friends that are uh, Ukrainian. Uh, this is very serious to them. Sure. Um, the Ukraine, for all intents and purposes, is a European nation. And the mm-hmm. idea that uh, Russia can just come across the border because, by the way, if you want to learn more about this, you can. You can Google it. But it goes back 10, 20 years. Ten years ago, they had one of these revolutions there. Remember when all these countries were kind of standing up and kicking out the totalitarians? Well, Ukraine did that. And they had elections. And Putin didn't like that because they kicked his guy out. You know, they, they, they kicked the dictator out. And he's been eyeing it ever since and wants to get it back in the fold. So uh, we will see as President Biden has to... Um, Walk back, clarified, whatever you want to call it, some of the comments as tensions between U.S. and Russia continue to go up. I do find it interesting, and I, I only say this because there's a little bit of a joke in there, that the United States and, and Russia continue to have meetings about the Ukraine. Okay, We continue to have diplomatic meetings. Ukraine's not invited to those meetings, which I think is kind of odd in and of itself. We're going to have meetings about your country. By the way, huh. we didn't invite you. They, you know, you didn't get your, your, your evite didn't make it in the mail somewhere. You guys, we'll just talk about your country and let you know how, uh, we've decided to divvy it up. And it's ever been when I grew up with my best friend, Kenny, we were closest and it brought Hey, good morning to you. It's Friday. Bruce and Judy with you. And, you know, we're remembering Meatloaf today, who passed away last night at the age of 74. Um, one of the biggest selling rock acts of all time. 100 million albums. People don't do that anymore, by the way. 100 million albums worldwide. Uh, so it's not just, uh, uh, people here that are feeling the loss of, of Meatloaf, but people around the world. Uh, whose music uh, uh, touched their lives. So uh, we think about Meatloaf today and uh, his his friends and family. You know, the definition of work, I think, has changed a lot in the last year and a half, two years, if you will. Uh, define work. Define workplace. Define the work day, even. I, I mean, it seems to be something that's moving around. And uh, for a lot of folks, it's... Doesn't look anything like it used to look like. But is it about to change even more? The four-day work week. Is it coming to a job near you? I have a question. Where did the five-day work day week come from? When did we vote on? <laughs> We're only going to get Saturday and Sunday as a weekend. Where did that? When did that start? There's got to be a reason behind it. Yeah, because obviously it makes so much more sense for the weekend to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I, or I don't remember Saturday, voting. Sunday, Monday. I don't remember voting I on this. I, no, I, it's when, true. when do I get it's a say? An, it's an arbit- It's arbitrary. So yeah. I think you're, you're lucky you're, you get any days off at all. And you can thank the labor unions for giving you two days off. Well, that was negotiated seven days a week. That is yeah. true. That, so like and. and you know what, Nick, when we talk about the four-day work week now, that's true, too, probably still for the people, you know, the lower-income people, the people who have who have to work, who don't have the, you know, white-collar job. So they're going to probably be left out, too. Well, I think the reality is that we're, the only way we're going to convince our bosses and your boss that a four-day work week makes sense is if it doesn't, quote-unquote, cost them productivity. And they're trying this out right now in... A place called the UK, which I'm led to believe is very close to Great Britain. And they are going to, there's like 30, and these are big companies. 
they're going to try out a four-day work week and measure things like productivity. With the idea being that if there is no drop-off, they'll pay you the same amount to work four days. You get a three-day weekend every weekend. Well, and you know, you love to quote studies, Bruce. They have shown that productivity improves along with corresponding gains in workers' well-being, which means, you know, fewer hours. And and I guess they are talking about 32-hour work week. Yeah, so it's not even the the four tens you might have heard about. You know, some people like work Mm -hmm. four tens and get three days off. No, they're they're just talking about, I got to do the math there, 32 hours times four four days. There's a fiver in there somewhere? I don't know. (laughs) Well, what's interesting about that, the productivity part, is uh, apparently we've not been productive for five days anyway. I mean, most companies, I guess, are going to find out that I guess my our workers could have been doing it in four days. Well, is that good and or bad? I do think that. I think <laughs> is that good, good or bad? That's good or bad. I think it's good. And yeah. let's face it, the past two years, we know workers are in control. They're not going to ask about it. I think it's going to go that way because workers are going to demand it. You know, I, I, I've. It, it kind of gets into again. Is it back to what is the definition of work, and and when are you working? Especially think about people that have been working at home or working remotely. Uh, you know, uh, you're, you're getting up, having your breakfast right now, but you also got your laptop open. You know what I'm saying? You you run an errand in the middle of the day, but you got your phone on, and you're able to do a Zoom call or something. You know that that the work and your time and work time has gotten blurry already to the point that I think a lot of people, if you ask them when do you work, they go, well, when do I don't, don't work? Well, when do you have your time when do i not have my time you know it's kind of like i get to make my own schedule for lack of better terms because i think this just clarifies that when you talk about a four-day work week yeah and i mean who doesn't that appeal to right everyone i talk to and let's not forget because we've been coming to work people have been home for two years some in some cases literally haven't been back they in office literally have not been back to their office and those people you talk to them they ain't never going back yeah. They they can't even they can't even conceptualize it anymore. I mean, and so it's true. They have now blurred those lines between home life and work life. But I still think they so much prefer that than going to an office. We've talked about it. The commute, the having to get up, the getting ready, getting your kids off. I mean, you're right. They might be working more at home, but they're also able to watch their kids or drop their kids off or go do their errands or you know get an early dinner started. I mean it. I just think that's the way, at least in America, and well, we know the UK. That's the mindset of people now. Well, maybe it's in, in, industries uh, specific. I use an example. We had the story just the other day. AV Club is a Chicago-based pop culture website. All right, it's called AV Club. It's actually part of the Onion family, and they do uh, movies and music and whatever. Well, they're moving from Chicago to Los Angeles. They're consolidating their office, and. A lot of people said, well, I don't want to move to L.A. So they fired him. <laughs> They're like, uh, okay, well, we're Whoa. moving the office. Uh, you, you either move or you don't work here, but there's nothing in the middle. And so there, maybe certain industries are more flexible than others. And, uh, and certain industries are like, yeah, no, this is how it's going to work. Yeah, well, and I guess a big part of it is if you can work at home. I mean, there are some, possible? you know... Yeah, there are some jobs you just can't do it. You have to go physically to that job site. Yeah. 
It is sad, isn't it? I, I, you know, you might be excited that you're at a Friday, but uh, it's Bruce and Judy with you. And we certainly woke up this morning to the news that uh, Meatloaf, rock icon. And I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think we're being hyperbolic when you say that, that uh, Meatloaf passed away at the age of 74 last night. And uh, a, a man who, uh, not just iconic songs, but I think, Judy, you made a good point, a, a, an entertainer, more than just a, a singer. Oh, absolutely. He always reminded me of kind of like a Liberace. Okay. You know? Okay. I mean, if, you see, if you've seen him live, he yeah. does. It's like part play, part acting. Theatrical. Part oh, absolutely theatrical. I mean, that, that was his game, right? He loved that, just the way he dressed and the way he looked and even the way he sang. You say, that's interesting you say Liberace, because let me, you say Liberace and Meatloaf, we'll put them in the same sentence. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not often you hear that, by the way, but I think there's a, I get your common thread. And think about this. Some people you, you make fun of Liberace or maybe even make fun of Meatloaf for being over the top. We should all hope to be that. Here's why I say that. Isn't the goal to be the most you can be? Using Liberace or Meatloaf as an example, have you ever heard anybody say for like this? Hey, that guy's just like Liberace, but more so. No, there is no more so. You know, that guy's like Meatloaf, but more. No. So congratulations for reaching your peak Meatloafedness. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, like, there was nothing more there's so. There's no one. Yeah. Yeah, there's no one like Meatloaf, right? There's just that nobody does that these days, and no one even did it those days. I mean, his whole career was so unique. Without a doubt. I mean, we, we mentioned, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, you know, movies, music, a variety of things, playing in bands, played with other bands. Pretty, pretty amazing in and of itself. Hey, are you, uh, speaking of uh, you do anything for love? But you won't do that. Uh, do you choose who to date if you're out there looking for love based on their profession? Are certain professions more desirable? And maybe the flip side is, are certain professions less desirable? 312-591-8900. Are you drawn to or repelled by specific professions? That's interesting because I don't know if I've ever thought of it in that context. Well, here's here's a personal interesting thing. Um, since, you know, my career was in news, right? Okay. So I was pretty much aware of what was going on in the world. If I was dating someone who didn't know what I thought should be pretty pertinent information. Was it up on every, current events? And I'm sorry, I can know everyone's not up on current events. And by that, I don't mean, you know, you didn't wouldn't hear about some, you know, unique story or some little story. But if they didn't know who, you know, the vice president of the United States was. Or that Meatloaf yeah, that had was died. A, that was it. Or that Meatloaf had <laughs> died. That was a deal breaker. Or okay. who Meatloaf was. Who's Meatloaf? That, meatloaf you, yeah. that you didn't eat Meatloaf, you listened oh. to him. Yeah, that was a deal breaker. Wow. Okay. So they, so in that sense, I wonder if that flip side work, if people were intimidated in some way, shape, or form. Judy saying, uh, you know, well, my goodness, she knows a little bit about everything. Uh, oh, you know. absolutely. But, no, Is that going to well be difficult to have a conversation, you know? Right. No, so I am well aware of that. And I never really, I tried not to be that person. But I'm talking about things you should know, every American should know. <laughs> if you, if my kids knew more, then that was, yeah, no. Deal breaker. Mm -mm. Deal yeah, breaker. that was a deal breaker for me. And yeah, I mean, probably teachers maybe might be like that a little bit. I do feel that really, really intelligent people, they're okay because sometimes people are intimidated by them because a lot of times they don't have good social skills. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I they don't know how saying. to dumb it down, and they can't dumb it down. So, 
you know, they don't even, they're not even aware, really. So that's good. Well, we've always heard the opposites attract, right? You know, absolutely. But, but I've not found that to be necessarily true. I'm like, opposites attract. I go, yeah, no, no. They're, they're, the opposite of me is, is, well, way too good, first off. Uh, and I, no, I, I, I like to have people and be around people and relationships with people that are closer. To me, use the term intellectually, if lack of better terms, you know, or, or, or socio, you know what I'm, it's, it's difficult to just go completely off the reservation. Yeah, I, I, you know what, it's, who knows, it seems so personal, right? Sometimes don't you look at people and you're like, I don't get that, I don't get that couple. How are they making that work? They use an example you know, like writers and teachers tend to get along and and in relationships or dating if you're a writer a teacher is someone who you would have things in common with kind of getting along to your point where you know maybe a teacher and someone in news would do it because you guys would at least maybe have a common curiosity you guys would be up on different things you'd be able to express opinions and that could be a good thing yeah and it's like i think in that in that um relationship it's about communication and those two would have really good communication, maybe. So then the next one, look at doctor and doctor. That makes sense because if you're a doctor and you're just married to a lay person, oh. what a nightmare. But just marry another doctor and you're both, you know, then you, you don't get mad when they don't come home because they have to go to surgery or they're constantly busy well, or you the, know, they don't have time for anything. How does the God complex work in that household when both of you think that you <laughs> are literally God's gift and that you hold life in your hands? And, you know, we've all met those doctors who they certainly think highly of themselves and many of them have good reason to. I bet you well, it would be difficult if you're a, if you're a uh, you're a heart transplant surgeon. Do you marry a podiatrist? I mean, do you really go, hmm, you're a doctor, but are you really a doctor? I hold life in my hands. You deal with bunions. You know, I mean, I just yeah. think there might be a bit of a gap there. Kind of maybe like a doctor and a dentist. Although I would think a dentist, but that'd be better mm. to be married to a dentist, right? They've got pretty good hours. <laughs> good They're hours. still a doctor. They can yeah. do your teeth. Still making some good bucks. Well, how funny is it that, you know, the old saying, like your mom was always like, oh, try to marry a doctor. It sounds like the worst thing now when you think about it. Yeah. Whoops. You want to marry an orthodontist, I think. Is that what? <laughs> if you plan on having, having kids, kids, you want the orthodontist in the family Absolutely. because that's a hefty bill. <laughs> They're saying so. There are some best and worst people to date, and we mentioned yeah. teachers are on there, dentist, orthodontists. We'll put that in there. Mm-hmm. Engineers, psychiatrists. Huh. I'm intimidated by psychiatrists. Yeah. I would think that, you know, if you were dating a psychiatrist, you'd come home, how was your day? You know, and they'll go, let's talk about that. Why yeah, you yeah. Why Lay down on the couch. Seat and uh, tell me how you're feeling right now. What the hell are we yeah. doing? Nah, yeah, I don't know about that. How about the worst ones to date? The worst? They say bankers. Oh, really? Well, because they equate everything with money. And time equals money. Ah, uh, yeah. And, yeah, uh, you know, that. in that sense, um, lawyers, come on. We know yeah. that. My yeah. brother is a lawyer, <laughs> but he married a lawyer, so they, they canceled each other out, right? Yeah. But I can't imagine him being with someone who wasn't a lawyer. I think that that's kind of a lawyer thing. Musicians. Do a lot of you uh, girls know that already? Do girls know you don't date musicians? It's bad. No. First off, they're not going to be home at 6 o'clock at right. night. They might be and, home by 6 in the morning. Right. Maybe. Right. You know? And you're not their first and you're not their last. <laughs> okay, but you know what? You know what? That I have to give musicians a pass because I mean, who doesn't want to date a rock star, okay? 
You just you, you just turned that. a blind you turned a blind eye to all that just so you can say uh, uh, yeah. I used to yes. think that Stevie is, Nicks how that all turned out. Yeah, there are plenty <laughs> plenty of those stories, right? I have a friend, I, and and it was one of those weird things. So. Uh, uh, I'm going out with this girl, and we were driving, and we we're in Los Angeles, and we're driving along, and she, and we're on Mulholland Drive. Does that mean it's like the the the, the twisty yeah. turny road right up there? And and we're driving along, it's like really fancy, Nancy. And she, and we drive by, and she goes, you know, I used to live over there. And I look at her, she's living in an apartment in the valley. I go, what the hell you mean you used to live over there? She goes, well, I was married. You were married. I mean, she wasn't that big. I was like, she's 23 <laughs> years old. I go, you were married. Who are you married to that you lived on Mulholland? She goes. Well, I mean, you know, I was married to a guy in a band. I go, here we go. All righty, <laughs> here we go. And I got into this whole thing about how she married the lead singer of a band. I'm not going to throw under the bus. I'm not going to mention the band. But it was, you know, they had a huge hit, this, that, and the other, and, and did that. And I go, well, how that was? She goes, yeah, I was miserable. No, you don't want to be married to the guy <laughs> in the band. And I go, so the guy in radio, is that the, you just took a step down on the entertainment ladder, if you will. Good, Good work for you. I gotta tell you, we're gonna get a magazine editor next at this rate. Hey, we've got a uh, check of the headlines. Don't worry, Nick is on top of that. And what trend? We're talking about trends for this year. Food trends, that's a thing. Where are food trends heading? And it's interesting because the trends in food can also tell you something about kind of where we are as a people, as a society, what our mood is. We'll tell you about that coming up next on 890 WLS. Remembering Meatloaf all morning long. He passed away last night at the age of 74. Good morning. Uh, it's a Friday. It's Bruce. It's Judy. And, you know, uh, there are, like any other industry, I guess you'd say, there are trends. There are things that pop up. And uh, we got to give a shout out to Mariano's uh, and their, their parent company, Kroger, uh, who have come up with um, their trend predictions for the year their food I mean, this is their business this is what they do they uh you know they make their numbers knowing what you want to buy in the store and i thought it was kind of interesting judy because some of the things that people are gravitating to some of the things that it strikes me are maybe <clears throat> coming up in popularity or they believe will tend to kind of play into where people are in their head uh, we've talked before, like when times are tough, people go back to things that bring them comfort. Like comfort food is a thing for a reason. You know what I'm saying? And, right, and, right. And that you go back to either music or movies. You go back to a time when things were maybe a little bit easier. And it strikes me that, you know, we're, we're starting to see some things where maybe we're coming out of that, at least according to the folks at Mariano's. Yeah, well, but no, they're still saying though consumers are still cooking at home more, right? Because sure. we're just we just are at home, so it's kind of a little bit back to the basics there, where we're kind of going back to you know ice cream and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and mini pizza bagels. Okay, those have been on my menu the whole time. <laughs> when would they, that, um, again? I'm, <laughs> let me just jump in for Nick. They're on the food pyramid. Okay. Right. Uh, right, right. The mini pizza bagels are part of a balanced breakfast. So get those right. in there somewhere. <laughs> but I also love that they say um, the biggest beverage, you know, I go right to the beverage, Bruce. Of course. Um, te- tequila. Making a comeback. Again, 
making it kind of going back to that, back to the, you know, we're at home, or I don't know. Back just to the, the college days. days I, guess. <laughs> I, I know, right? Again, tequila's Eat always been on my shelf. Eat the worm. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> and then well, I like these emerging flavors. Ooh. Um, saying that like Asian cuisine is getting a more popular. Thing. Yeah. Getting more popular. So they're going to put more of those kind of things out See on, the them on your shelves. The condiments yeah. and the sauce and the. Yeah. So, hey, I make a mean pad thai. I'll tell you that. Don't even know what that is, but I'll take your word for it. I, <laughs> I, you I, know I, what pad thai is? <sighs> no. Bruce, you haven't lived. You really haven't Goes lived. without saying. Goes without saying. I, I don't believe, though, that it contains chicken nuggets. Does it include chicken nuggets? Yeah, no, exactly. I don't believe it. <laughs> it, it contains you put no chicken in it, though. It mm. contains some chicken. Mm. Maybe you can chop up the chicken nuggets and I'll throw them in there. I'll think about it. I'll think about I'll consider Pad Thai chicken nuggets. Uh, yeah, I got to tell you, I saw a great story the other day. Uh, and it was one of these, you know, going viral. Uh, there was a guy who was trying to raise money for a food truck. Okay, big whoop. Everybody's got a food truck. And this guy... Wanted to sell grilled cheese sandwiches out of his food truck. Okay, I've even heard of that. But he was bare bones. He says, let's get one thing straight. White bread, butter, and yeah. a Kraft American grilled cheese. And, and he goes, uh-huh. and we grill them. They're a dollar a sandwich. We don't give change. If you have a five, it's $5 a sandwich. He goes, there's no tips. There's no change. Whatever money you give me up to and above a dollar... You get a grilled cheese sandwich. Period. Full stop. We sell nothing else. I love it. But there's a line around the corner. A <laughs> line around the corner for dollar grilled cheese sandwiches. <sighs> Yesterday was Cheese Lovers Day. Mm-hmm. Should have should have found that guy on there, right? My good, because you know, in all fairness, with that food truck, I mean, the I love the one they that's already out there. You know, they have a lot, like you said, the cheesy. But you know, it's pretty pricey, and it's a lot of cheese, and it's this. Sandwich that has not only cheese, it's a grilled cheese with, you know, tomato and bacon and whatever else you want to put. Churched it up. Right. A grilled cheese on its own. Grilled cheese like mom used to make, right? Like mom used to make. Have you tried these beyond meat things, the plant-based fake meat? Have you tried any of that? I have not. I've been wanting to try the Burger King one. Okay, I did. I ate the Burger King one. Oh, and? Uh, kind of like on a dare, uh, you know, as, a, as an aficionado of burgers. I would tell you, I could barely tell the difference between that and a real burger. That Blasting. is interesting. Ugh. Everyone has said that. And you know what's weird to me, though? So I, like people who don't eat meat, I would say to them, oh, did you hear about the, the Burger King? I mean, it's supposed to yeah. taste just like a, a hamburger. And they always respond with, well, I don't even know what a hamburger tastes like, so what do I care? <laughs> Good point. If you're a, a, it's for people like if you're us, a militant vegan vegetarian and you try right. a Beyond Meat burger, like it tastes just like a burger. Like I would have no idea what Abs- burgers This yeah, is what a burger like, tastes I don't know like. What a- Exactly. Well, so, McDonald's I, is coming with that now. In just a couple of weeks now, McDonald's will be rolling out more and more of the McPlant burger. The patty made from peas, rice, potatoes, and mimics the taste and texture of beef. The McPlant burger is coming mm. to a Mickey D's near you. Here's the weird thing about this, because I, I actually talked to a nutritionist, if you can imagine. I did this on the radio. I said, is it better for you? You know, I'm saying, you know, I'm like, okay, so is there a big health benefit? And they went, hmm. 
Kind of a wash. <laughs> you, don't, so you, don't, much. you don't eat it as a, uh, 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 quote, healthy alternative necessarily. You eat it because maybe you're concerned about the sustainability of beef or other things, or you have, you're a vegan or a vegetarian. But if you think that it's necessarily better for you, their point was the hamburger in a, in a, in a normal hamburger, a fast food hamburger, the meat part is such a small part of it. If you're concerned about your health, it's all the other crap you're putting on. <laughs> and I was like, right. oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Well, that's disappointing because I did think that the, you know, like say I want to cut down on red meat, which I should, I would, I would eat the plant-based, but not necessarily saying, healthier, but you can yeah. do that because, you know. My but you're work. right, that piece of meat isn't, it's like I'm eating a big T-bone steak, you know, it's just a little hamburger patty. Yeah. It looks it looks really good. It looks like a hamburger, the, and I can tell you, having plant. had the, the having the Burger King one, it tastes like a hamburger too. If you can imagine that. Hey, we've got Nick Gale standing by with all of the headlines, and the Bears are they any closer to finding a general manager and a head coach? Oh, we've got our sports guru Rob Martier joining us next on the latest with the Bears coming up right here on eight ninety WLS. Spring sounds way too far away for me, Judy. Go ahead. It's coming right up, don't you worry. Marvin Lee Aday has died at the age of 74. You knew him as Meatloaf. Yeah. His Bad Out of Hell album, one of the best-selling of all time. Yeah. Take a look at uh, temperatures today. We might get up into the mid-20s. Yay! And a good chance of some snow tomorrow and Sunday. Bundle up. Currently 10 degrees. High atop downtown Chicago, and by high atop, I mean the sixth floor of the NBC Tower. All right. So uh, we've got NFL playoffs this weekend. I can't say playoffs anymore. Playoffs. Right. Playoffs. 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 Uh, and uh, joining us right now is a, a w, a WLS a sports guru, Oh, Rob Martier. Yeah, Rob. Good to be here. Uh, because while other teams are mm-hmm. talking about their playoff future, planning for another round as they move towards the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Bears were never in danger of making the Super Bowl. Heck, you could argue they were never in danger of making the playoffs, oh. which is why they are down one general manager and one head coach. And you're here to help Bears fans. There, should I qualify it as long-suffering Bears fans? Uh, yeah. With some, with some hope. Where are we in the search? Mild anxiety. Mild anxiety. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people have been interviewed. A lot of people have been. Talk to. There have been conversations. Uh, the name that is topping the list right now, as far as coaches are concerned, is Matt Eberflus. You pronounce it Eberflus. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. Excuse me, Matt Eberflus. He is the uh, Colts defensive coordinator. Apparently, the Bears are going to be bringing him back in for a second okay. interview. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Should I get excited about the Matt Eberflus era? Era. It doesn't uh, sound if it like it comes I should. to fruition. Um, by all accounts, he's a good defensive coordinator. Right? Uh, is that what the Bears need? I don't know. I mean, they're they're going to have to decide that for themselves. I think you probably would want to come in and or bring somebody in who's a quarterback whisperer who can develop Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. You just you just got you know one of right. the top picks. You, You've got a a great young talent like right. that. And last time I checked, in it's good to have a good defense, but you do have to score points at some point. Yes. Yeah, that's Those zero zero ties don't come up every day. Yeah. And then as far as the general manager side of things is concerned, uh this guy Ran Carthen. Uh he is currently the uh director of uh 
pro personnel, I want to get that name correctly, for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that is important because uh, GM, obviously, more of a global view when they're brought into a football team. But when you're a director of player personnel or any sort of personnel guy, that means you've got some scouting chops. So you can evaluate okay. talent. You got a um, list. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be and important. And he has the name, that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Ran. Yeah. That's a good one. It is a good name. It's a strong <laughs> for a, NFL for a name. GM, yes, a absolutely. good GM name. So, yeah, just, uh, just Let's keep, go with that. Just keep well, the name it, Matt Because Eberflus it's better than the run. Right. There is that. It's better than run because right. they all seem to run away. Uh, Rob, how important is it for the Bears to have those two positions locked up? It's soon. Very I mean, important. is there kind of a, okay, is there a time deadline here? Uh, as Why? far as a deadline that the front office has, I don't know specifically, but you're, Judy, that's a great point because you want to have this thing nailed down. You want to get any families that need to be moved, moved into the Chicago area. You know, logistics for personal reasons, very important for these guys. And you want these guys in the office getting things done ready for next season what about what about this rob and 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 again just i'm I'm looking at this obviously as an outsider is it a game of like musical chairs also where uh many of these potential coaching and general manager candidates might be up for other jobs there's a bunch of jobs open in the nfl is it like musical chairs like when the song stops you better you better have a guy in a chair yeah uh, eric bienemy is a name that's been kicked around quite a bit not necessarily as it pertains to the bears but he is currently the offensive coordinator with the chiefs obviously they're still in the playoff hunt in the hunt for the super bowl um but you're you're absolutely right there are about, let's say, five, anywhere between five to eight coaching vacancies every year. Uh, so these guys want to have things wrapped up for themselves as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, are there any other actual NFL coaches, head coaches that, that we're looking at? <laughs> People that have done the all... job before. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sounds weird, saying. but <laughs> yeah, the musical chairs thing. It's like there are only so many coaches, right? Yeah. The uh, guy that uh, comes to the top of my mind is Brian Flores out of Miami. Um, they got rid of him. Uh, he's going to be yeah, at the top season. of yeah. He's going to be at the top of a lot of people's lists, um, and you know we're going to keep watching. Got a question for you, Rob? Yeah. Again, Rob Martinez, WLS Sports Guru. Do you hire the coach first or the G, or the GM first? Should the GM be involved <laughs> in the egg, right? In yeah. the, well, but my, in my eyes, the hierarchy of an organization, the GM is above the coach. So why would you hire a coach and then hire a GM? And go here's the guy you got to work with. Well, given what the chairman of the Bears said about a week or two ago, uh, I don't think he really cares who's installed first because the buck is stopping with him. Oh, okay. Uh, he's going to make this decision. Uh, but look, at if, if I were running But if an it organization, was any organization, you would think. Would I, you I hire say, the employee before the boss? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I personally, I'd hire the GM first. That's I would, too. I, that's just how I'd And care. then the GM yeah. would be involved in hiring the coach. Well, By the way, is the GM usually want, involved? In many places. It yeah. depends on, on the role. But my point would be, because I'm going to tie your butt to that, you you sign off on this guy. Guess what? You guys are joined at the hip. Well, Judy brings up another good point. Look, at you You know, sometimes ownership takes control of this, for instance, down in Dallas, Jerry Jones. I was going to say. Yeah. But yeah, um, no one thinks that Jerry Jones isn't making the decisions regardless of what his title is. We, we've seen this blow up before. You need to have a symbiotic relationship between the GM and the coach. Just because if things start to fall apart early in that relationship, it's not going to go well. What are the realistic expectations for the Bears moving forward? 
You know, I th- no. I'm being I, serious. Look, I, you, 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 realistic expectations. You guys know me. I like to joke about how yeah. bad the Bears are, and this. And I, I do think that the Bears have a solid foundation. I, okay, I really, really do. What they need, and we were talking about this off air. Look at Pittsburgh Steelers: Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. They've had three coaches over however many decades it's been now. A lot. The, the Bears go through coaches like Carter goes through Liverpool's. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just you know, um, they they go through a lot of coaches. And you, and you and every time a new coach comes in, it's a new system. It's a new playbook. Right. It's a new way of doing things. And some players fit, some players don't. And it takes a while for kind of, what do you say, water to find its own level? Exactly. That, that's exactly it. And you, and you need, a coach has to come into a situation knowing, okay, after my third year, am I going to be on the hot seat? Mm. I need to know that I'm going to have stability for four, five, possibly six years. I get it. Head coaches are hired to be fired. I understand that. They understand that. But you need to have some stability. And, it, and in the case of Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, that's his team. The Roonies, the ownership uh, family there, Art Rooney, I think the third, yeah, has basically third, said, Tomlin, you're our guy. So the players are going to have to adjust to you, which well, and, is and, unheard of in the NFL. Yeah. But it's it's interesting you say that because, again, yeah, you could say one of the few consistencies with the Bears organization has been inconsistency yeah. and has been all the changes and changes at quarterback, changes at head coach, you know, all mm-hmm. these upheavals, if you will, where you don't have that kind of stability. And and you, I think Pittsburgh's an interesting comparison yeah. because you also had a quarterback that was there for three decades. How yeah. long has Big Ben been there? I mean, it's been a while. Uh, it's 20 this, years yeah. going on, yeah. I think, thereabouts. So 18 yeah, seasons or whatever. So they, they had stability between a coach and a quarterback, and there was an identity to a team. That was the thing that I never quite understood with Coach Matt Nagy was, what was the identity of the Bears team? What, right. who, who are you? We haven't had an identity since Mike Ditka. Mm. Uh, Hard-nosed football, you know. Well, and the stability, too. I just feel like Uh, I can't can't even... Yeah, Lovey too a little bit, but I can't even name all the coaches since Ditka. No, you know what I mean? Can. When I think of the Bears, I think of Ditka because he was so outstanding. Well, and then who have we had since then? I, I'm glad that's, Nick that's brought had up that Lovey much of a name because they fired Lovey after a ten and six season. Oh, they're dreaming of ten and sixes yeah. now, aren't they? Yeah. How how good does that sound? Yeah, ten and six will take it instead of six and eleven. <laughs> Hello, yeah. right? Yeah. If you say we will trade you out for ten and six, like great. Well, mm-hmm. you had a guy that did that. Yeah. Uh, careful what your expectations are. Rob, thank you for your time you today. Bet, guys. He's Rob Martier, uh, WLS Sports Guru. Stop I like that. Stop Bears. And uh, obviously, when, I won't say if, it has to happen, a general manager and or a coach is announced, we will be on top of it and let you know about it just as soon as possible. President Biden is uh, clarifying his comments on Ukraine-Russian relations. And the president of the Ukraine has now taken to criticizing President Biden. We'll talk about that next on 890 WLS. That's Meatloaf. Singing the national anthem. Yeah, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game years ago. And, and and I think it blew a lot of people's mind. Like, wait a minute. That's the Paradise by the Dashboard Lighter? Real singer. We uh, mourn his loss at the age of 74 uh, last night. And uh, be thinking about uh, Meatloaf and playing some of those songs all day long. Um, 
so we were talking uh, a little bit earlier. We had Karen Travers on from ABC News because President Biden had this uh, press conference, first press conference in what seemed like eons. And uh, uh, he spoke about, was asked questions about what's going on with, is it Ukraine or the Ukraine? I think it's just Ukraine. I don't think we're supposed to put the the in front of it. So what's going on with Ukraine and Russia massing along their border? I've been absolutely clear with President Putin. He has no misunderstanding. If any, any assembled Russian units move across the Ukrainian border, that is an invasion. He went on to say that uh, uh, he was prepared to punish Russia. Let there be no doubt at all that if Putin makes this choice, Russia will pay a heavy price. So they've had to kind of clarify some of the comments because he also made the, the, the comment and mentioned a minor incursion. Which, you know, it's kind of like the joke, look, minor surgery. There's no minor surgery. If they're cutting you open, it's surgery, for God's sakes, okay? Yeah, uh, minor death. Yeah, minor. What, what is a minor incursion if you're a country? You know, is could Canada have a minor incursion into Montana? No, they would invade Montana. You know, I mean, it just is. So uh, he had to qualify that. But he's being called out, I think, from a variety of different different angles. And here's my question. What would you like the United States or President Biden to do. I got a uh, uh, a tweet tweeting uh, as Uncle Harp, who said, Putin is going into Ukraine. It's not a matter of if he goes. He does not fear Biden one iota. Okay. So what do you want to do about it? Do you want to commit American troops to defending Ukraine? Like, what, you see, my, my point is, okay, so if you believe it's going to happen, you believe it's a bad thing, what is America prepared to do about it? Can, can I put some gasoline on this fire? Here we go. Uh, so they met this morning, uh, Anthony Blinken yep, and his counterpart, uh, and this is what he said after their meeting. I make clear to Minister Lavrov that there are certain issues and fundamental principles that the United States and our partners and allies are committed to defend. That includes those that would impede the sovereign right of the Ukrainian people to write their own future. There is no trade space there. None. That kind of spells it out, doesn't it? Okay, at the threat of what? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I think that's mm -hmm. where, for me, I don't believe the American public, coming out of, look at what we just went through with Afghanistan and Iraq, have any sort of... Uh, uh, stomach appetite appetite mm -hmm. thank you for any more prolonged wars halfway across the country a uh, world excuse me but on the other hand the u.s and its allies can't just stand by right if russia goes in full force we i mean it's almost like they're between a rock and a hard place i mean i get that americans don't want a, another war but on the other hand we're we gonna let russia just do what it wants well, and I think what you've seen is anybody, and let me get this out of the way. Russia and Putin are not our friends in any way, shape, or form. Never have been, never will be. Uh, if, will Putin be emboldened? Has he been already doing this? Crimea, already invaded parts of Ukraine. Parts of Ukraine are under Russian control, uh, and we just kind of look the other way. Is it just kind of like, well... I'm going to take this step and see if they do anything. All right, they didn't do anything. I'm going to take another step. And do do you have a responsibility, or do you feel it's an American responsibility that we should uh, draw a line in sand and say no more? I think it's a NATO responsibility, right? I mean, it's the Allies. Why is it always just the U.S.? 
I mean, I think they uh, need to get some because we're the top dog. And, yeah, because we well, have I a bigger it. military I I than, than the numbers two through uh, ten militaries on the planet right. combined. But you know, again, we're not the the world police. We need to have the NATO allies with us. And it's interesting when you talk about Russia. I mean, the troops are already uh, massed on the border, right? About a hundred thousand of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, right along well, the border of Ukraine. We're waiting for them to take a step. What are they, they're there already? That, that's that's the first step that they went there. Yeah. Hey, William. Uh, you uh, first off, thank you for your service. Uh, what do you see in this? Uh, good morning, WLS family. Morning. Uh, Russia doesn't do anything piecemeal. Okay, yep. they didn't put all those troops up there on the borders for no reason. They're Correct. going to invade, and it's going to set off a big firecracker. I'm yeah. telling you. It's- as I'm talking to you. But, 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 William, you know, you, I mean, I don't know where you come down on this, so help me understand. Do you think that the American public has an appetite to commit American lives to defend Ukraine? Uh, NATO should. Yeah. But that, that still involves American lives. Yeah, I know, but it's their backyard. Okay? Yeah. I don't disagree. Okay. Yeah, right, what, yeah, what does NATO exist for if it if it can't work like that? Hey, John, uh, John, what do you think might be a, uh, a a solution, if you will? Hi. Good morning. It's it's a damned if you do or don't situation. I don't want to see our our troops over there. There's not much interest in Ukraine, but I think the first thing we should do is have a few carrier battle groups over med mm-hmm. and say to Putin, "We're we're already in case you cross that line." You know, but he's got to believe you, right? He's got to believe you're not bluffing. And if you're not right. willing to launch planes off those carriers and attack Russian troops, he's going to go big whoop. <laughs> I, I, right. I, I, but I'm with you. I, I admit I don't know what the solution is. I appreciate that, John. Thank you very much uh, for your time. Listen, this this is a serious situation that isn't getting a ton of play because it's halfway around the world and people feel disconnected from it. But I would just say we were halfway around the world from what happened in Afghanistan and Iraq, and it affected so many people here as well. And this could be worse because you're not dealing with, you know, guys living in caves, building IEDs on the side of the road. You're dealing with people that have a military that is capable of inflicting genuine damage. So uh, we are paying attention to the Russian troops massing on the border of Ukraine and just how far will Putin push. That remains to be seen. Hey, uh, joining us right now uh, is is David Hochberg, our friend, our our guru when it comes to all things real estate related. First off, David, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Better now that you're here. Yes, I get that a lot. I can only imagine. (laughs) Hey, David, the big thing I keep seeing in the world of real estate right now, and the thing that uh, it's making some people jumpy, uh, other people think it's a good thing, is interest rates are going up. Mortgage interest rates are rising. What's behind that? Yeah, what's behind that is, uh, obviously, inflation is a major driving force, and... um, what a lot of our listeners don't realize is, is that the 30-year fixed loan follows the 10-year treasury note. And if you take a look back when we were at the bottom, when, when you were having rates, the 30-year at like 2.5 and 2.3 ace and 2.625, that was August of 2020, and the 10-year note was trading at like 0.5. Wow. Okay? So a year ago, January 10, 2021, the 10-year was trading at 1.1, and the rates were in the high twos, low threes. And, you know, everything was still good, and, you know, everybody was happy. Today, the 10-year is at 1.8, and the 
and above. So now you got the 30-year trading in the high threes, low fours, depending upon your situation. We've seen a point and a half drop in the um, in the interest rates over the past year and a half. And to get upset at your mortgage professional or banker because you <laughs> talked to them in August of 2020 or last year about buying a home or refinancing and you didn't do anything, and you came back now and, and you're upset because the rate's a point higher or almost a point and a half higher, you know, you should aim your anger at, at other places or maybe go see a psychiatrist or pop your well, meds. Hochberg, no I'll, I'll defend you on this one, and if anybody wants to go back and play the tape from a year ago of you telling people, now's the time! <laughs> Record yeah. lows! Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it, and what goes up must come down and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been stressing to our listeners... You know, record lows. Don't wait. You know, you you know the only place you got is to go up. And if you think you're going to get an eighth of a point off at two two and a half, you know you might. But you know you got a better risk of it going the other way. And guess what? I'm I'm a genius. Right? It's like it's like Tom Skillen say it's going to rain sometime in the summertime. I mean, it's really not. It wasn't too tough to figure out. So then, right. what does that mean for the housing market, though, David? Well, what that means for the housing market is it's still a fluid market. It's still, sorry, I had to drop my daughter off at school. Um, it was st- it's still a fluid market, okay? What does that mean is, is that it's going to eliminate a lot of our listeners from financing opportunities that they thought they might have been able to qualify for, mm. right? So you qualify for less of a home with a 4% loan than you do a 2.5% loan. So for our listeners that were trying to squeeze into that, that $300,000 home or that $400,000 home with that 2.5% interest rate, you're not going to be able to afford it anymore because now your mortgage payment is going to be 100 to $200 higher a month. Yeah, so you're going to have to shift into a lower, a less expensive home. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be changing, and this is a this fluid housing market that it, it just seems to be all over the place. I use the term unprecedented, but that's maybe not very fair. We, we've, we've kind of seen this before, right? I've been doing this for 21 years. Yes, sir. Okay, I've, I got into it in August of 2000. The 30-year fix was trading at like 55 6%. When we dropped into the fours, everybody was doing backflips and thought it was great. Okay, when we got into the threes, everybody was doing double pikes and, you know, with, with split landings, right? When we got into two and a half in, in uh, 2000 pandemic time, right, when everything dropped to two and a half, I, if you would have told me it was going to hit two and a half, I would have been, you're out of your flipping mind. And guess what? Tells you how smart I am. It hit two and a half on the 30 year fixed loan. Uh-huh. Now, unfortunately, we're going in the other direction. We've been talking about it in nauseum for the past 18 months. It's here. And guess what? The other thing we've been talking about is all the foreclosures that are going to start happening. Yeah. And that's going to start happening, um, as predicted within the next six to eight, 12 months. There's going to be more inventory on the market. So let's take a look back, right? Econ 101. Why did the market take off? We had 2.5% 30-year fixed loans to 3% 30-year fixed loan, record lows, and everybody wanted to get out of Illinois and move to Florida, right? So, And then those that wanted to get out and and sell their homes made it, the inventory came on the market for new buyers because they wanted to take advantage of those low rates, right? So then we had a huge run-up in pricing because people could afford more home with the lower interest rates. What are we happening now? Now the, the aircraft carrier has turned, okay? It's taken a year and a half for that aircraft carrier to get around the corner, but now we're around the corner, okay? Things move a little slower. So, so where are we at now, okay? We're now at 
Um, rates are point and a half higher from the pandemic lows, and we're going to have more inventory coming on the market. Those two things are going to counterbalance what we just went through. So we're probably going to see a little retread. Not right now. Inventory's still low right now. That's why I'm stressing. If you have a home to sell, sell the damn home. Okay. <laughs> And that because because what's going to happen? We're going to talk in June, yeah, right. And, yeah. and the thirty-year fix is going to be trading in the fours, and there's going to be all of those foreclosures coming on the market. And then the other thing is all those landlords that we've been talking about that 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 are now able to evict those tenants because all that money's run out are going to be selling those properties yeah. that they couldn't sell in the past year and a half to take advantage of of the higher higher values. And we're going to have a different market in six months. So if you have a home to sell. I don't know what you're waiting for. I took my own advice. I had a condo in Arizona, in Phoenix. I dumped it at the end of last year. I take my own medicine. I locked into a low rate. I refinanced. I closed in December to lock in a low rate. I am telling our listeners to do exactly what I just did, okay? And that's where we're at with the market. It's still a fluid market, um, Judy. And, and, and I tell I had a sales meeting with my team on Wednesday. I said, listen, death is still 100% certainty. Divorce, you got a 50-50 shot again. divorced. People are going, our listeners are going to run into some unexpected economic calamity that they're going to have to, you know, put on their credit cards, unexpected, and some, you know, they just can't help themselves, and they're going to have to use their home's equity in order to um, uh, either sell if, if somebody passed away, reverse mortgage, you keep somebody in the home to make it more affordable. Divorce, you got to refinance the other party off, or somebody's got to buy a home. If you get into debt, you've got to run up in homes equity. The cheapest way to pay off that debt to afford your home and afford to live with all this inflation is to roll it over a 30-year fixed loan. So I, it's still going to be a fluid market. People are still going to be taking out mortgages. You just got to be aware that when you go into a mortgage professional, that rate's going to start in the high threes and low fours and not in the twos if you want a 30-year fixed loan. Well, just real quick, David, because, you know, I we've talked, I'm one of those people who maybe does want to sell my house. But the problem is I can't buy a new house because everything I, I don't want to because everything's so expensive. So, I, I mean, isn't it worth it maybe to wait a little bit until we get sure. like all the inventory and prices go down? Oh, sure. Well, then you got the yin to the yang. You're going to sell your place mm. for less and you're going to buy a place for less. So what a lot of our listeners are doing that are talking to me that are saying, hey, what do I do? I'm like, well, go to a realtor. Okay, find a short-term rental. Uh, go into your your um, your your Marriott Express, right? That's got the kitchenette. You know, live there. I got a guy right now sold his home Buffalo Grove five days for fifty thousand dollars more. He wants to move to Crystal Lake. Okay, his Crystal Lake home's not going to be ready for a couple three couple three four weeks. Guess what? He's moving into the Marriott Express or whatever the hell the Fairfield Inn or. <laughs> You know, courtyard, whatever the hell those places are. You know, you get extended the you know, my, stay. My, extended my, my stay. dad does yeah. have three bedrooms. So There you go. Mm. Hey, Hockberg, thank you. And we appreciate that insight. And again, what, what I hear from you loud and clear, and I've been hearing for a while, is don't wait. If it's your intention to do it, now is the time. The market is very, very fluid. And, and uh, uh, you know... <laughs> We're heading into, again, uh, another correction or whatever it might be. David, how can people get in touch with you if they continue to have more questions? Sure. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, very simple. 855-56-DAVID, which is 855-563-2843. And, or you could always go to our website, 
Fivesixdavid.com. Have a great weekend, everybody, and thanks for the opportunity to share this information with your listeners. Copy that. All right, outstanding. He's David Hochberg again, the, the, the home king of Chicago, the mortgage king. He knows exactly what's going on, and we appreciate that time. Hey, good morning to you. Glad you made it to Friday. Bruce and Judy with you. And uh, all morning long, we've been playing some of the different uh, Meatloaf songs. Uh, not by accident. Meatloaf passed away at the age of 74 last night. And uh, I think for a lot of people, there's a certain, you know, bit of your growing up, maybe childhood for some people, and uh, connection to individual songs or, or, uh, or, or albums. Oh, my goodness. The Bat Out of Hell album? Are you kidding me? It's a staple. For so many people, and we uh, we remember meatloaf today. Do you have a uh, an escape? Do you have a weekend escape? A lot of people listen. They don't want to get on an airplane. Don't want to be anywhere near O'Hare. I understand that. But where can you jump in the car and go and get away and have a great time? Judy, is there you you do a lot of these? I call them day trips oh, yeah. or weekend trips. I, yeah, I love doing these uh, driving trips. I have so many places. Um, like, so here in Illinois, you know, I always mention Starved Rock. Everyone's got to go to Starved Rock. I just watched once. the documentary. Oh, yeah. See, now that puts a little stain on it. Oh, okay. I thought ago. that was the reason to go. <laughs> no, no, no. It is. But if you, now, unfortunately, it was about the murders of those three women back in the 50, in 1950, maybe. Somewhere but, there, yeah. How about the scenery? I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Starved Illinois Rock, River. you have to. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, and don't and, get me wrong. Know, the documentary about the the murders that happened, you know, uh, half a century ago, they still though make the place look amazing. No, no doubt about oh, it. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. So, uh, Starved Rock is on my list. I got to go visit Starved Rock. Yeah, and you know, Nick and I will tell you, Southern Illinois. Oh yeah. yeah, has the most beautiful state parks as well. I mean, if you can make it down there, and it's a little bit farther of a drive, of course. I mean, what are we like three hours from Starved Rock? It's more like six hours to Carbondale, but gorgeous state parks down there. Agreed. Okay, if you want to go to Wisconsin, Sheboygan, Manitowoc, I love those areas. Michigan, oh my gosh, stop me. New Buffalo, Union Pier, South Haven, St. Joe's, Grand Haven. Those are all along Lake Michigan. Unbelievable, great little beach towns. Pure Michigan. I mean, there are so. And by the way, if you're going to go to Michigan and you're from Chicago and you're going to pass by Indiana, might as well stop in Valparaiso because that's a cute little town. It is. Valparaiso cool is a little, cool little place. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. It's got cool little diners and little shops. So, so there's so many places to go. I, I'm. I don't know. Maybe surprise is the wrong word. You know, people who don't get out and and don't realize maybe how, what amazing things are a relatively short drive away. I got to tell you, I loved Springfield. I love doing all the, the tracing like Lincoln steps and the library and the memorial and going to see the house. And, and Springfield has done a great job of kind of preserving that image and that legacy of uh, Abraham Lincoln. And if it's right down the street, folks, come on, get right. in the car and get you on down there. You don't have to get on a plane. You can you take can the train. Get in your car. You can yes. take the train. It goes right, drops you off right there in the middle of town. And when you're finished with the history part, which is awesome, I mean, Springfield's a cool little town, too. Yeah. Walk around, you see the Capitol, you can go to restaurants and, you know, bars and, you know, shops. I mean, it's a great place to visit. 
my racing takes me to a lot of these little places. It's funny because people go, yeah, you you got to get out and about. I go, well, I've been to DeCoin. You know, I mean, come on. I race in DeCoin. I race all over Indiana. I've been to every peanut whistle town there is. Uh, but, you know, there, there is something to be said for kind of knowing the area around you. And, and they actually came up with, you know, some of these people that take a look at things like this, came up with some of these cities that are... You know, maybe whether you're a history buff, a nature enthusiast, maybe you're a foodie that you need to go and check out. And I'm putting them on my list. This I, I'm embarrassed to say this. I was born in Minneapolis. I was born really? in Minneapolis. I moved when I was three months old. To say that I don't okay. have fond memories is an understatement. I have no <laughs> memories. I've never been back. I need to go and visit Minneapolis. And they're saying if you are a bit of a foodie, it's a good place to go. Oh yeah, they have so many great restaurants in Minneapolis. All right, Minneapolis. But, on my I list. mean, we everywhere, right? And you go to Indianapolis a lot, right? I do. I I, I end up in Indy yeah. constantly. Yeah, that's kind. Of, I like that. Downtown cool Indianapolis is kind of neat. Yeah. Circle City area yeah. down there. Yeah, really cool. And they've got some great restaurants. And if you are like me, a fan of the internal combustion engine, uh, <laughs> Indianapolis is a great place to go and and enjoy a lot of that. So is Detroit. And I haven't thought about it, but I have a friend who just went and visited Detroit. Now, there are apparently places in Detroit you don't want to visit. Fine. But there's other places, and again, for those, some of the car manufacturers, their museums. My buddy went to the Ford Museum and said the GM music goes, they're amazing. Like nothing you've ever seen. Yeah, and in Detroit's defense, it is, I mean, they are, there's a, there, a revitalization is kind of underway in Detroit, right? Agreed, I mean, agreed. And you're right, certain areas, but yeah, they're, you know, flipping houses and they're, and you've got more shops and cafes and all those little neighborhoods. So yeah, it's, it's doing a good job. Kind of reminds me like Detroit should be like Milwaukee, right? I mean, Milwaukee a lot smaller, but they're, they just remind me a lot of each other. I think of it like Detroit is where Cleveland was 20 years ago. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the river catches on fire every once in a while. There's, you know, a lot of empty buildings, you know, and Detroit's trying to kind of get back to and, and rebuild itself like that. So, hey, our, our, what you're hearing from us is there are a lot of amazing places that you can visit a sh- relatively short drive away. And, uh, you should, you should certainly get around and experience some of the amazing things the Midwest has to offer. Tax season? That's a horrible thing to say. There's a season I can I can go. The fifth season out there is tax season. And joining us right now is Herb Weisbaum, the consumer man. Herb, good morning to you. Good morning. Nice to be with you. Excellent to be with you as well. Uh, but death and taxes, the only two things that are sure things and certainties. And I know that taxes are changing a little. And I got to imagine that this may be a pretty confusing year for a lot of folks. Maybe even based on what work looked like for them. Yeah, and also what the government did. Um, in Ooh. most tax years, something changes. And in 2021, we had two big things that are going to affect, uh, affect most taxpayers. And uh, those were the uh, economic impact of stimulus payments that the mm-hmm. uh, government gave out in order to keep the economy running. And also the advance payments of the child tax credit uh, that was authorized by the Biden administration's American Rescue Plan. Normally, that's something you file and get when you file your tax return. Normally, you'd be filing it for last year, 2021 tax return you're filing. They gave people up to six payments in advance during 2021 to keep the economy going, and you have to file for the rest uh, now when you file your tax return. So that's going to be very, very confusing for a lot of people. And the third thing we might want to talk about is they actually gave you a break. If you don't itemize your taxes, you can actually do a uh, charitable deduction uh, with uh, 
claim this year that you couldn't in the past, and that, again, was okay. a, a way to encourage people to donate and also give them a tax break. Well, we used to always get that uh, charitable donation, right? And then all of a sudden it went away, and now it's back? Well, the charitable donation was something you can you can you can uh, get charitable donations if you file uh, and itemize your return. But ninety percent of the people don't itemize the returns anymore. So if you don't itemize, you can't claim a tax return. But they changed that just for this year, for this filing period only. You can claim up to three hundred dollars uh, in cash contributions, which is cash, check, debit card, that kind of thing. Or if you did an unreimbursed expense to a, a bona fide charity that qualifies with the IRS, you can put in your return. You can get a, a deduction of $300 per individual uh, or $600 for a married couple. So a little way to give you a little bit more maybe money back that you didn't have before. Uh, again, that's a one-time only deal. It's authorized by Congress, and that's going to be something new in this year's return. We're talking about... One, of course, is the advanced child tax credit. That's the one we really need to focus on. That's going to affect so many people. Yeah, Herb, the consumer man, Weissbaum, uh, joining us as, as again, maybe those... Uh, uh, those W-2s are starting to hit your mailbox. <laughs> You're starting to, to pick up on that and you start thinking about your taxes. Something else, though, that stood out to me, Herb, is, uh, let's see, I, 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 when you say last year, last year you could deduct or you weren't taxed on your unemployment benefits, but that changed also, right? Uh, unemployment benefits by the IRS are considered to be income, and Ooh. they are uh, t- uh, taxable. What they what happened last year was again Congress made a one-time only carve out that you had a you didn't have to pay on the first ten thousand five hundred dollars of it. Uh, that that carve out is gone, so you will pay taxes on the based on your tax return uh, on the entire amount of unemployment compensation. In most cases, uh, what you got uh, for unemployment compensation this year, wow. yeah. So that's going to bite some people as well. Yeah, well, and coming is up because the they may not know. The- yeah. Is that the same for the stimulus payments then, too? That's counted as income? The stimulus payments are something you have to put on your, your return, yes, and uh, that the return makes it possible to you have to um, deal with that. And if you didn't get your stimulus payment, it's something you can still get. You can claim that. And if you didn't get it, uh, the first two stimulus payments, you can still retroactively go for those so there's a a lot of things you can you oh, can possibly my. do yeah it's it's that's why i mean it took me it took me three it's days confusing. to write this article that's on checkbook.org because yeah. i'm not a tax attorney i'm not an accountant and the laws change but i did we went through every single publication the irs had to deal with this and put all in one place and links that you can go to to get you right to that page on the irs website to figure out all this kind of stuff I, i'm tweeting it out as we speak at the bruce st james he's herb weisbaum the consumer man the changes in tax law that may affect your 2021 return. You've mentioned it a couple times. I don't have children of my own, so it doesn't affect me, but a lot of folks. Help me understand this child tax credit. Sure. It was an advance child tax credit this year. Again, to get the economy going, they gave you up to half of what you supposedly qualified for, they thought you qualified for, based on your 2020 tax return or 2019 if you didn't file a tax return in 2020. So you could have gotten half of your money already, and then you have to claim the rest that you're eligible for on your return that you're filing now. Some people didn't get anything, and you get to file and claim the whole amount. The deal is that things could have changed between the return the IRS used and your actual life situation. Your child could have aged out and become too old. Your child could have moved out of the house. Your financial situation could have changed. So that could affect what you got versus what you were really owed. So you're going to have to sort of reconcile that whole thing with the IRS when you do your tax Oof. return. 
And again, the IRS, you talked about getting forms. The IRS is sending out two letters, uh, one that you will get for the stimulus payment that they paid you. This is what the IRS has in their computers. may not be right, but you've got to make sure <laughs> that's what they have. You've got to argue that out with them. Yeah. <laughs> and, then what the, and then what they have is giving you for the advanced child tax credit. I just got mine for the third stimulus payment in the mail yesterday. So they are, and the fact, now going out. So you need those two things to reconcile your taxes, the third stimulus payment letter, and then if you did receive an advanced tax child tax credit this the letter they're going to send you saying here's how much we paid you at this point in time wow i can't even remember did we get three stimulus checks or are you saying that third one you're going to get after you file your taxes you got we got three stimulus checks we got okay. two in 2020 and we got one in 2021 you know you make so much in radio you don't even have to pay attention <laughs> um, so I, sorry <laughs> oh that's so funny so, well you know let so, me ask you this though herb does everyone have to file a tax return Everyone does not have to file a tax return, but in order to get this money back, if there's something you, you're uh, eligible for, such as a stimulus payment you didn't get or the child tax credit, yes, you do have to file the tax return to get that, even if you don't have to file a tax return because of your income situation. And What is the income? Is there, is, so there's an income level? Yeah, it's based on an income level. Certain people don't have a filing status where they don't have to file. Okay. But if you want to get this stuff back... You do have to file because that's the only way you claim it if you didn't get it. Um, the IRS has all this information on its website, irs.gov, and they even have an interactive tool where you can actually go on there and ask a question, and it will let you know whether income is like, is this a deduction, is this considered a taxable income, that kind of thing, um, because the IRS has always warned, and you guys are going to love this, the IRS has already warned that it's oh. going to be a horrible tax season, there are going to be delays, <laughs> they're not going to be able to answer all the phone calls that come in, and the best way to deal with this, if you don't have a tax repairer, as I do, because if I did this myself, my mind would explode, uh, that you're going to have to try to use the online tools that are available to you because they're just not going to be able to get to all the calls. And also, they're already predicting delays. They're still dealing with suck. 6 million tax returns from the 2021 from the 2020 tax season. 2020! Yeah, good times. They're already, yeah, already backlog going into this season from last season. So if you want to speed up your return, file electronically yeah. and have a direct deposit to a bank account. If you file a paper return or have a check in the mail, you can just take a nap because it's going to be a really long time until the IRS gets that. <laughs> Herb, the consumer man, Weisbaum with us. And again, an, a great story, uh, checkbook.org. I also tweeted it out uh, at the Bruce St. James, and you can find out about those big th big changes coming. Herb, i got to believe that, 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 that the, the memo that comes out from the IRS saying, you know, it's going to be a horrible tax season, we're way behind, we're probably not going to answer the phone, they just change the date at the top and put it out every year. It's just like it's already a, it's a form on somebody's email. Go, hey, put out the thing that we're way behind on stuff. All right. Yeah, well. For the old folks, they just run it off on mimeograph. There right? you go. Yeah. Oh, smell it. It still smells like that. Herb, thank you so much. And thanks for some of those tips. And uh, again, people need to be uh, careful. And hey. Don't leave money on the table, right? That's the way to Absolutely. think about it. If it's coming to you, claim it. Here, here. Herb, Herb, wow, outstanding. Herb Weisbaum, the consumer man. And again, you can read more about that, uh, checkbook.org, and you can see the piece uh, that he wrote and put together about the important tax law changes that are going to affect almost every one of our 2021 tax returns. It's gotten to the point now, and can we just acknowledge it? If you're doing your own taxes, 
you're probably doing them wrong. I, I mean, I just think there's absolutely no way that any human can keep up with all of the nuances, all the changes. Whether it's on the good side, you're either leaving money on the table, or on the bad side, you're not doing it right, and the IRS is going to come knock on your door, which is never a good day. I have never done my own taxes. I never will. I never will. No. I, l- I pay no. people mm-hmm. to do this. This is a no job that important people who, well, understand math, for one, do. And I wish them the best of luck with mine this way. It's one of those things. Do you have kids, maybe teenagers, are they constantly taking pictures of themselves? <laughs> the, <laughs> the selfies? You see people doing it out and about? Mm-hmm. Scientists! Science! I'm telling you have come up with have come up with the specific qualities okay the specific qualities of pictures on social media that get more reaction more likes oh look at that oh <laughs> so it is a little more complicated than just do a lot of high angle shots and girls show cleavage apparently it's more yeah. complicated than that um, according to the scientists, what they did is they put up a whole bunch of pictures of the same person, same photo, but with different uh, attributes to it, Nick, I guess you'd put okay. it, and found that the less, is, less color gets you more likes. Color complexity hmm. is not necessarily a good thing. Essentially, less is more. When it comes to likes. So I'm now going to switch to all black and white pictures. I'm moving on. All right. Can, can we back up a little bit? A, a little bit. So is it all about getting likes? Is that the whole point? Yeah. Engagement, likes, yeah. comments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why else would you post something? Right. I, 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 I have no idea. That's the question I ask every yeah. day. Why are you even posting that? It's to get likes. It's to get people there. Um, they're using terms, by the way, the scientists that I would have to Google to fully understand. One of them is luminance entropy. <laughs> Basically, the it's light, the intensity. The light around you. The intensity and brightness in the image, they say the more the merrier. So less color, but more brightness. Okay. I'm really, there's got to be like a perfect picture of me somewhere in there. Unique objects. Instead of having a whole bunch of things maybe in the background or in the picture, it's best to aim for one or very few unique objects in a picture. I recently had a picture that I got a lot of likes on that was taken by DJ Joey D. What was that? What we, we were at that experience. What was that again? It was the uh, Wonder Museum. Wonder Museum. And they had a wall of CDs. Okay, and they were hanging. You know, you, you, you put fish a fishing line through CDs, and so it was a, like this wall of CDs. And if you've ever seen, you know, a CD, you shine light on it, you get all these colors. And he, you took a picture of me with the light shining and the CDs behind me, and people apparently like that. The CDs, I'm thinking, is what hmm. they like. Well, the most see, it was all about the color, then maybe a little color, the brightness, the color, a simple object in there. Do they as still well. have the uh, tapes up on that door in the green room over there? You need a picture in front of that. Yeah, you know they, they did. I do have pictures. I've, I've got so okay. many pictures from that. I place. talk about color at the Wonder Museum. The the thing is, every every corner you turn, there's another. Oh my God, that would be a really cool picture of me, right? No. I mean, that's really. You know what? One object I put in a picture, and I always get a ton. I'm st- I just put a picture up like a few weeks ago. I'm still getting likes. Your bowling pin. A picture collection. 
Of, no, my dog. <laughs> Dogs, pets. Yeah. My dog. Any pet. There is good. a limit to but this, I will, though. I will put the bowling pin up next, Nick. There is a limit okay. to <laughs> taking pictures with pets. You taking a picture with Lucky, I think, is reasonable. And I can understand why. You and Lucky make a beautiful couple together, okay? We, uh, we kind of look alike, right? <laughs> there is a limit, though. And late, I'm going to speak to the ladies right now because I've seen this. Like on these dating profiles, you know, these online dating profiles, uh-huh. guys with birds or guys with snakes. <laughs> I'm here as a guy to tell you, stay the hell away from them. Just stay away from any guy that takes a picture with a bird or mm-hmm. a snake as representative of who he is. Mm-hmm. I get the snake, but what's with the bird? Why did what you, do you get the snake? The, the snake's okay. No, I get why you want to stay away from oh. that with a snake, but why with a bird? A guy with a cockatoo on his shoulder? Do you well, really want to go out to dinner with him? No. Do you really want to go out to dinner with a guy with a cockatoo? Oh, no, maybe. Mm, all right, well, there you go. Hey, guys with cockatoos? Just saying, Judy. <laughs> uh-huh. And a good morning. Bruce and Judy with you again. Oh. You almost forget how many great songs Meatloaf had. And we remember him as he passed away at the age of 74 last night. And then you hear about uh, all morning long, we've been playing some some great songs and bringing back memories for, for many of you. And while you can mourn the passing, also you can you can remember the good things. So remember uh, how the music made you feel. Um, we are uh, the Super Bowl. Listen, I am focused on foosball, all right? And do you know today... I mention it, and I do not mention it to rub it in. Let's let's remember times, uh, uh, glory days. January twenty first, two thousand seven. The Bears were in the Super Bowl. Now I don't know what it says about football that the Super Bowl used to be in January. Then it went to February, and now this year's Super Bowl, February, mid Feb, February thirteenth, Sunday, February thirteenth is the Super Bowl, and a lot of folks are going to be having a gathering, bringing some folks over, getting folks together, and. Food is going to be at the root of that. Joining us right now is Emma Watson, the Director of Marketing at Goddess and Grocer. Good morning, Emma. Good morning. How are you, Bruce? I'm excellent. How often do people ask you, are you the Emma Watson that acts? Oh, well, I get that all the time. Okay. But you know what I maintain? I am the real wizard here. Yes. So. Oh, I like that. That's solid. <laughs> That's solid. Well, we're, we're talking a little bit about getting getting ready and goddess and grocery. And boy, you guys do amazing things. Can I tell you that I've I've recently had some of your fantastic meals while a guest at Teatro Zanzani? Oh, yes. Our very fun dinner circus theater. We, um, we've got a bunch of different things going around the city, but yeah, that is one of a kind experience. If you have not done that in the city, I highly recommend you do so. It's not quite like anything else. Here, here. But yeah, I'm I, dying um, to go there. Oh, you have to. Well, let us know. We'll shoot you a ticket. <laughs> oh, awesome. And, and, and what kind of uh, um, food can we expect there? Oh, so that is, you know, that's going to be a little bit different than what we usually do um, at the stores, which is a little bit more fast, casual, kind of approachable. Um, but you're going to have a really nice sit down. It's going to be multiple courses um, and you get to kind of choose your own main. And then they have really great rotating seasonal apps. Um, it's much more of a chef driven experience. And then you have this incredible live, you know, circus theater where it's got acrobats and burlesque and, and all kinds of really exciting things. So that it is. They built a wandering tent underneath, um, inside the hotel, in that Cambria Hotel downtown in the theater district. So once you walk in, you're just transported. 
Um, and dinner is fantastic. So it's fantastic because yeah, it comes from you, Emma. For goodness sakes, from the goddess of grocer. Yes, it is. It is the brainchild of the goddess herself. So. Yes. Well, Emma Watson again is director of marketing over there, and you know you guys have a a really um, unique and uh, storied history when it comes to food and entertainment, celebrities, music. You guys have have catered, baked, cooked for some of the biggest celebrities there are. Yep. Yes, our our goddess got her start pretty much as a as a roadie. She was a concert caterer and she had worked with a lot of the big name stars and then kind of just put her roots down in Chicago and said I'm staying here and kind of got off the tour bus from then and <laughs> and we started our cafes and it's been a blast ever since and um, we still do a lot of the backstage rock and roll catering. Obviously, a little bit of that has been impacted by the past year, but sure. we can't keep a goddess down. And, and there's a few more shows popping up here and there, and we've had people out on the road. So, yes, in addition to our stores, that is a really fun backstory. And, and um, yeah, Debbie's a wild one. She's a roadie at heart. But, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, we, uh, we've all kind of been called in to sneak in the side door at Chicago Theater and, and work a dinner. You don't even know what show you're seeing, but... Um, you know, it's it's all hands on deck, and we've got a really great concert catering crew in addition to our cafes and in addition to Zinzani. So we're a busy bunch. I was going to say. <laughs> and do you have, you know, well, tell us about your food. I mean, is there, is what's the concept? Um, so, I mean, it, it really depends on the show. You know, at, at, with rock and roll stuff, you know, you get a lot of people that, um, you actually get a lot of people that are European and British and um, from all over. So Debbie's really good at doing like an international inspired menu, you know, making those people feel at home. Um, and then, you know, you've got all you've got a writer. So you can do some interesting seasonal Chicago spins on on some food if you've got people coming through town as well. Um, and then in our cafes, we you know, we really focus on a lot of um, tasty and fast approachable sandwiches and, and homemade soups and international fare. We've also got really incredible salad bars. Um, and yeah, so we're in a couple different neighborhoods. We're also really excited to, uh, to announce that we are opening up our fifth location in the West Loop. I don't have a set date for you, but I can right. tell you guys that that will be in February. Okay, it's okay. The closest Keep to us in the loop, given yet, so, so to speak, on sure. that. Yeah, yeah. You guys have uh, you got locations: uh, Bucktown, Gold Coast, River North. There's even one in O'Hare, by the way. Although yeah, I haven't one at Terminal Five. Yeah, and then, um, yeah. The West Loop will be our fifth location, and Outstanding. we're you know we're really a community-based store, so we're really excited to start serving another really awesome Chicago community, the West Loop, Fulton. Um, you know, Fulton area has done really great in the past couple of years, so we're excited to join the mix. Emma Watson is the director of marketing at the Goddess and Grocer. And, you know, I started off by talking about the Super Bowl is coming up. And you guys yeah. are actually doing some unique things, uh, some some catering where people can yeah. maybe get a little help on their Super Bowl party. And uh, regardless of the outcome of the game or how much you like the commercials, you can almost guarantee everyone's going to love the food. Tell me about that. Win or lose, we're eating dessert. Yes! So there's, you know... <laughs> I'm 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 a football fan at heart, but really I'm in it for the dips and desserts. And, and we really created a catering menu this year that's really exciting. Um, you know, we've got all kinds of things like your traditional to your buffalo chicken dips and your potato skins. We're doing a really awesome chili bar. Um, you know, if you're gathering responsibly, you could do a Chicago style hot dog bar. Have that whole really fun buffet. Our you know our pastry chef is just phenomenal. She does that the most Instagram dessert in Chicago, and that is the rainbow cake. And during the Super Bowl times. We actually do a layered cake with the team colors of your choice. So that makes an incredible centerpiece. Um, you know, we've got cocktails and beers. 
we do some vegan options like we've got buffalo cauliflower wings and and you know a really nice hummus so those those options are, are really easy and approachable and you can just get your whole day done and have a really exciting time watching the game take some of the stress think- out of that day yeah Oh, gosh, yeah. And the, I think it should be the hot dog bar with the chili bar. Hello? That makes complete sense to me. Yeah, we're, and we also, you know, we do the chicken wings. Our wings are huge and terrific. Um, the wings are some of Debbie's favorite. She does when she eats wings on premise. She does use gloves, which is quite a hoot to see. But, yes, we... Um, you, we can, you can even help folks out with maybe some... Uh, if, the, if the game isn't going the way they want and they would choose to forget, you can overtime old-fashioned or tequila touchdown. Yep, mm. those are batched and ready to go. You just pour them over ice, so it's really a no-brainer. And you can do, you know, you can do a decorated cookies that we do that are really interesting. And if it's just you and you've got some kids, and you don't know how that game's going to go. We do these great decorating cookie kits, so they can actually decorate footballs and helmets and jerseys themselves. You can keep them on the side, have your old fashioned. Everybody's eating buffalo chicken dip. It's a fun day for everyone. That's a great idea to keep the kids occupied. But tell me about the tequila touchdown. Yeah, so that's going to be, you know, your Hedera tequila blanco. We've got a little bit of cuatro and the lime juice. So it's just a really nice take on, you know, an upscale margarita. And we make that in-house. We juice everything, and then we batch those. Um, and then they're ready to go. You can just pour them over ice and put a lime on there. Same with the overtime old-fashioned. Um, you know, we've got an in-house mixologist that does that, and it's really nice. We do all of our own syrups in-house. Um, so it makes for, you know, a really classic experience of a drink at home without having to go to a bar or go out and leave your house. Emma Watson, the director of marketing at the Goddess and Grocer. How can folks find out more information and maybe get that Super Bowl order in now? Yeah, absolutely. So our Super Bowl menu is live on our website at goddessandgrocer.com. You just click on Super Bowl and you can peruse some of our options there. Um, you know, February's busy. We've also got Valentine's Day on there as well. We've got all the two for your suite. So if Super Bowl doesn't strike your fancy, we've got that Valentine's Day menu up too. And you can order again at goddessandgrocer.com. <sighs> Thank you so much for your time. And it's delicious. And now I'm, I'm hungry again. I appreciate your time. Mm. Emma, Emma Watson, the director of marketing at the Goddess and Grocer. Are you working your way into, uh, into work already? Are you, are you, are you heading down the road? Are there songs? that make you speed science says yes there are some songs out there that you should avoid if you've gotten a few too many tickets lately we're talking about it next on 890 wls hey good morning you made it to friday and uh we've been the bearer of bad news i think for a lot of people all morning long judy is uh as meatloaf singer actor entertainer is a great way to put it passed away at the age of 74 last night a lot of folks waking up to that news uh today i also have some other news for you out there you know i'm a boat captain i don't know if you knew that as well we have a small craft advisory five to six foot waves on the lake today uh do be careful they're expecting 30 knot winds along with the fact that it's unbelievably cold what are you doing out on the water oh for god's sakes unbelievable um but there there we are right hey um whoops uh okay so you know what are you one of those people and do you realize that maybe how fast you're driving down the kennedy down the ike you know on the 80 right now might be dependent on the music you listen to 
Scientists have found that certain music makes people drive faster. Do you find that to be true? Yes. Music makes you drive faster. It will if it's like really you know a good really good song and um, you know peppy and yeah then I I think I would I think I just you know what sometimes I think you get lost in the song and you just aren't paying attention. Distraction can be a big thing. I got to tell you, so I drive yes. long distances a lot when I when we go racing, especially you know I drive God knows where you know and eight nine ten eleven hour drives are not unusual. Driving all night, we race at night and then drive all night, and get to the next place the next day. And so I use certain songs to stay awake, oh, along sure. with rolling the window. Down. Got to roll the window down, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, then yeah, absolutely, the, like some of those some of those songs can like I don't know how you could fall asleep to some of them, quite honestly. So that's I I don't know if it necessarily makes me drive faster but it certainly wakes me up and god knows i need that yeah. and plus you know I, I like to sing if i'm singing to a song if i'm really into the song well that's gonna mess me up too a little bit because i am certainly not paying attention i am on stage with the spotlight right on me and i'm belting <laughs> out a song <laughs> exactly you you are right <laughs> there well according to people that do things like this there is data out there that are the most distracting and make people maybe lose track of their speed. And number one on the list, I got to be worried. I got to be careful. So if you're driving right now, this is only for scientific purposes. I want to emphasize that right now. Do pay attention to your speed because when this song comes on, scientists say people tend to drive faster. One, two, three, uh. A little hey from Outcast. I'm guessing not only because it's a bright song, it's a happy song, it's a bouncy song. They, the the hook of yeah, the song you're, is you're putting your is shake it like putting your shake it like a Polaroid picture. Shake mm-hmm. it, shake it like a Polaroid picture, and I think that that tends to make people realize that. Yeah. You're doing 83 in a 55. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. as well you should have. Hey, uh, Jim, what a great way to tie it in today. Jim, what makes you drive a little quicker? Well, good morning. Uh, What a loss to the music world. He was a great guy. Uh, Yeah, when I listen to Bat Out of Hell. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost by definition, right? Absolutely. Going to see my woman, uh, Radar Love is one. There you go. I can't drive 55. I can't drive 55. I I literally, I will pay attention to the speed limit when Sammy Hagar comes on and go, you know what? In honor of Sammy, I'm speeding it up a little. There's no way. I'm not driving 55. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you as well. Have a wonderful weekend. I appreciate that. Yeah, and as he said, he made the mention, and we've been talking all morning at the age of 74, that Meatloaf passed away, sadly. Uh, I've noticed on my Facebook page, only because, again, I have a lot of people working in the music industry, everybody's putting up their pictures with Meatloaf. You know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. they saw him at meet and greets. And I was wondering if one of you, since I don't have a picture of any of the times I was anywhere near him, if one of you could just Photoshop me into a picture of it so that <laughs> I could share my grief as well. <laughs> all right. Might be one of the reasons, though, why you need to have your faith in humanity restored. And Judy says she can do it for you right Right now. And we're staying with Meatloaf on this one. Um, his real name was Marvin Lee Aday. And mm. as we've been telling you, he did die at the age of 74. 
Um, you know, Out of Hell, one of his albums, one of the best-selling albums of all time. And I think people don't even realize that not only could he sing, but he could act. He was yeah. in more than 65 films. It's just crazy. Now, you might want to you you might be wondering why he was called Meatloaf and so that's a good story good too. Good question. We, as we Yeah, you know, his name was Marvin. Um he was also known as Michael, but he got his nickname when his dad said he looked uh as red as meat at birth. <laughs> Always a nice thing for your parents to say that. <laughs> his his football Is that a coach <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I don't think it was. Okay. His football coach added the uh, term loaf after the meatloaf because, you know, he was kind of on the bigger side. <laughs> and if you ever saw him like I did yeah. in person, he was a little on the bigger side. But, man, he could move around the stage like no one's business. He was such a great entertainer. Um, he did die um, at his home with his daughters, Pearl and Amanda, and his uh, wife, Deborah, at his side. And, unfortunately, TMZ now reporting that he may have died of COVID. Oh, In God, any event, Meatloaf be. is gone at the age of 74, one of the greatest rock stars of all time, if you ask me. But we've got some of that great music that will live on. Generations are still, there's still people today, kids today that are into meatloaf songs that there's no way they were around when those songs were hits thank you very much judy appreciate you getting us all up to speed on that hey also a uh, big thank you to mg and the posse they're over there in uh, mission control they're uh, you know hitting all the buttons they make things happen we've got uh, uh rachel who's helping us out on the other side of the double pane bulletproof class today thank you for your help as well dj joey d he's uh, working the ones and twos all morning long he's been uh, he's been your your meatloaf dj all morning doing excellent with that and